those that will be fired. It is true. There's two types of people sitting here today. People that have been hurt and people that will be hurt. You will not go through this life and live this life without feeling the pain of hurt. You will not go through life without feeling the wounds and the hurts and the pains that this uh, life brings to us. You, you can Maybe in this life you will find the hurt that is found whenever a, a, the doctor tells you that your child has a hole in their heart. Maybe you just found out that you have cancer. Maybe you have more debt each month that it seems like that it's never turning around for you. Perhaps you have lost a job or you will lose a job. It all brings hurt. You found out that there, your spouse is having an affair. Maybe it's that 16-year-old that found out that they are pregnant. A child that is failing school and you're doing all that you know to do only to not be enough to help them. A child that has been abused by someone that they trusted. Maybe you will deal with an empty chair at some time in this walk through your life. You see, our family knows the pain of an empty chair. Uh, August the 18th will never be the same in our family uh, because we know the pain and we know the grief of having an empty chair that should be occupied and filled by a family member that is full of exuberant and life uh, one day only to be pre preparing for their memorial service the next. You see, all of us have the hurt. All of us know pain. All of us know difficulty. But what does all of these things have in common? All of these things, the one thing that all of these hurts have in common is there is hope beyond the hurt. Hurt is sure to come. If it hasn't come to you yet, get ready for it. Brace yourself. It's on the way. I'm not a prophet of gloom and despair. I am somebody that is real. And I'm telling you today that you can go through this life, and you will, but you will never go through it without feeling the pain and the hurt that comes along with this life. David said in Psalm 62 and verse 5, My soul waits silently for God alone, for my expectation is from Him. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. In God is my salvation and my glory. The rock, my strength, my refuge in God. Trust in Him at all times, you people. Pour out your heart before Him. God is a refuge for us. Amen. Hallelujah. It has been said that, that time heals all things. That's not true. I know people today that have been hurt 30 years ago, and they're just as angry and hurt today as they were 30 years ago because they have chosen to carry the hurt themselves. They have chosen to carry the grief and the pain and, and never let healing come. But David said that my hope is in God alone. There isn't nobody else that is able to fix this hurt. 
There is nobody else that is able to fix this pain. He said, I'm going to wait patiently upon God because he is the only one that is able to help me in the midst of this situation. Amen. I want to tell you that the words of David are no uh, ring real in this hour today. There is no one else upon this world or in this universe that is able to bring healing to a hurting soul but Jesus Christ. Amen. David said, the place that I can go and find healing is in God alone. Amen. You see, a lot of times we, uh, I thank God for modern technology. I thank God for all of the wisdom that he has given. But there is only one thing that can heal the hurt in your life, and that is Jesus Christ. Amen. None of them, us, are exempt from pain. None of us are exempt from hurt. In fact, my paths crossed with the other about a month ago with a prominent preacher, a, a, a wonderful, a strong leader, a man that uh, pastors one of the uh, strongest churches in our denomination. And our paths crossed, and, and he said, I want to talk to you a moment. And he began to talk to me because he knew some things that I had went through. And he, he said, asked me, he said, Brian, I just want to ask you something. Is there life after this? And I smiled back at him and I said, there certainly is. There is hope on the other side. There is life that you can have victory and you can have hope and you can have joy, amen, again in your life. Because you see, the enemy comes to bring hurt and bring pain for us to isolate ourselves. Whenever you get hurt somewhere, then you stay away from it. Right? It don't take you but once to put your hand on a stove. Right? It don't take you but once to get hurt somewhere, and now you withdraw yourself and stay away from the place that brought you the hurt. But you see, what you've got to be careful of is this, is the devil has more confidence in you than you've got in yourself. And he knows the very place where God is raising you up and where he wants to use you. And so at a young age, he will try to hurt you in the very place that God wants to raise you up, to elevate you. So that whenever you come into your season and come into your time and you come to the place that God wants you to be, that there will be hurt there so that you will stay away from that place. So you will stay away from those people. So that you will stay away from those things. And you will withdraw yourself from the very place that God wants to elevate you. But I want to tell you today that where you, and say to you that where your weakness is, God wants to make it your greatest strength. Where that you have been hurt, God wants to, in that pain, and all of that that has come out of, into your life, God is wanting to raise it up to be a wellspring of hope and life and joy for others. That's the reason why that when somebody goes through a thing, that they can tell and, and help somebody better than anybody else. Nobody wants to go through uh, uh, devastating things. Nobody wants to be hurt. But there isn't nobody that can help somebody that's been abused more than someone that's been there themselves. There isn't nobody that can help in a situation that, that you're dealing with, whatever it is, than somebody else that has come through it and found healing and hope and help in Jesus Christ. 
Amen. Now watch this. The only problem is you can't help anybody else if you don't get healed there. You've got to let healing take place in your life before you can be a help to somebody else. But whenever we come to that place and the enemy brings that hurt and brings that pain and he laughs and says, I've got them cut off. I've got them isolated from their destiny. They'll never dare go back there again. They'll never dare try that again. And so whenever we withdraw and we hold on to that hurt and we hold on to that pain and we start putting the mask on, then the enemy is laughing at us saying, I got them right where I want them. It worked out just like I thought it would. And so we're full of pain and we're full of hurt and we never come to that place that God will be able to bring healing so there can be a wellspring of life come out of that. Amen. And bring hope and help to us so that we can minister to others. Amen. I want to tell somebody here this morning that there is hope beyond your hurt. God never promised you that you wouldn't be hurt. He promised you when you were, he would be there. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I will be with you even to the ends of the world. Amen. Just like God said unto Israel in Jeremiah 30 and 11, I am with you and I will save you, declares the Lord. He is saying to you here this morning that I am with you. Amen. In your hurt, in your devastation, in your problems, when you're hurting, when you need a, a safe place to be vulnerable. Amen. There is no other safe place like God. And when you will run to him, David said that there is a tower that the righteous run into and they are safe. Amen. And I'm telling you today that you can run into the arms of a loving God in the midst of your hurt, in the midst of your pain, in the midst of your trouble. And God will wrap his loving arms around you and he will minister healing to your hurt. Amen. When David went to God, he didn't hold anything back. He told God everything and told him exactly how he was feeling. That's what I like about David. He wasn't a man that prayed it around in a mask. He didn't hide behind the masquerade. He didn't cover it up. He would just go to God and say, God, I don't understand you. He'd say things like, you know, where are you when I need you? He would tell him, but he'd also be there and tell him, thank you for being my shepherd. Thank you for being my help. Thank you for being there in the time of my need when, when the, my enemies came against me and would have destroyed me, but you were on my side and you gave me victory. Amen. I'm telling you today that D David was honest before God. He poured his heart out. Amen. Before the Lord. What is your hurt? What hurts you? What hurt are you concealing today? Listen to me. God cannot heal what you conceal. I said God cannot heal what you conceal. And as long as you want to hold on to it and conceal it and hold on to it and say, this is my hurt. This is my situation. This is my devastation. As long as you conceal it and wear the mask, healing cannot come to you. But whenever you begin to take the mask off, 
You see, your situation isn't too bad for God to reach out to you. Your pain isn't so bad that God doesn't care about it and can take care of it. But you can't conceal it. You've got to give it to God. Amen? You see, you might be have been molested. And now it's impossible for you to trust anyone. And if you don't go to God and take that hurt to Him, then you will be bound up in that all of your life and be an angry, upset, messed up person that people don't understand why. You may have lost your job and you blame God for it. God, why did you let this happen? You could have done something about it. And now we're mad at God. You're hurt by somebody in the church. And now you're skeptical of everybody in the church. David said, I could have handled it if it would have been my enemy. But he said, I was wounded in the house of God. Let me tell you something, my brothers and sisters. Whenever you bring this many diverse personalities together, you're always going to have misunderstandings. You're never going to get together on everything. Don't make me take time to preach right there. Amen. And you're fooling yourself if you think that you're going to get everybody together on one thing when you draw this many diversities together into one place. Amen. But I want you to know that in the house of God, there is going to be differences and there is going to be hurts. I'll just keep the mask on. Act like it don't happen. Cause the rest of the world to be confused about us. Huh? Because, you know, we're a mess. If Hollywood ever runs out of actors, all they got to do is come to the church. Because you know you've been jacked up. You know you've been hurt. You know that you've been had trouble in the house of God. But you see, in the midst of all of that, David said, Look, I've been hurt and wounded by a brother in the house of the Lord. But I'm telling you today that even in the midst of the hurt and the wound, David didn't run from the house of God. He said, I was glad when they said unto me, Let us go into the house of the Lord. Amen. Why? Because he understood that there is going to be hurts and there's going to be pains in this life, but I am going to stay in the house of the Lord. Amen. Your spouse has cheated on you and you don't want to forgive and you hold on to that and you hold on to that. And, and the healing can't come to that relationship and healing can't come to your own life. Your parents divorced and now you can't make a commitment. You're afraid of committing to anything. America's eat up with it. We can't stay in school. We can't stay at a job. We can't stay in a relationship. And we're all ate up with hurt and nobody wants to take the mask off. Huh? Nobody wants to say... This is the reason. Nobody wants to go to God with those hurts and those pains. But I'm telling you today 
that we can live a life of misery and hope for the pie in the sky and hope that one day Jesus will come soon and we'll go with him. And I'm looking forward to that. That's a glorious day. And I'm looking for, I want to tell you, I refuse to go through this world in hostage and bondage and hurts and pain and confusion all of my life. No, I'm going to have some heaven right here. Amen. That's the reason Jesus came. Amen. He said that the spirit of the Lord is upon me. And he he said he is anointing me and he sent me to heal the brokenhearted and set at liberty them that are bruised. He wasn't talking about heaven. He was talking about in your everyday life that you can have joy unspeakable and full of glory over your hurt and your pain. There's two ways that God heals. Number one, God heals through his people. When a child gets hurt, they, there can be a room full of people, but they don't just run to the first person they see. Who do they run to? They run to their mama. They run to their daddy because they know that there's safety and care there for them. They don't understand the hurt that they have just suffered, but they know where there's help. And I want to tell you today, you can't run to just everybody. But there is somebody. If you don't have somebody that you can run to, then you're dysfunctional. I'm just going to tell you straight up. You're in a mess. And you're, you're headed for, if you're not there, you're already headed for destruction. Because as I shared a few weeks ago... You have blind sides. I have blind sides. And we need somebody that we can go to, that we can trust, that we can care, that can we know cares for us. Amen? And in those blind sides and in those places, we can go into them and say, hey, I need direction. I need help. I need to understand. And we can have somewhere and somebody that cares enough about us and for us that we can share the very depths, recepts of our soul and we can say, here it is. I dare say 80% of the people sitting here today don't have that person. You know why? Because we have separated and we've gone our own ways. And we've allowed the hurts and the pains of the world to isolate us to where an island to ourself. But God wants you to have somebody in your life that you can trust. That's the reason why that we're having life groups. We're going to get back to the biblical principle. Forget this worldly system. It's got the church where it's at. We've got to get back to biblical principles. Amen. Because the Bible will still work in 2011. And we've got to have relationships that we can trust one another again. So that when one is hurting, another can raise us up. When one is broken, another can speak into our life. When one is weary or in the journey and falls in the ditch, somebody else can pick us up. Amen? And so we need one another. The older you get, the child gets the more they learn to cover up their hurt. Destiny, eight years old now. If Destiny gets hurt, you'll not know she's hurt. 
unless you find her. Because when she gets hurt, she runs and isolates herself and she hides the wound. She hides where she's bruised. She hides where she cut her leg. Because she's learned how to hide the hurt. And as we grow up in our lives, we learn how to hide the hurt. We learn how to hide behind the mask that the enemy puts there for us so that we can conceal our hurt and we can conceal our brokenness. Amen. But I want to tell you today, as a person of God, you don't have to have the right words. In fact, you don't even have to have any words. People just want to know that you care. One of the most difficult times in my ministry, I walked to the doctor, called me and said, Pastor, I need you at the hospital. Anytime I've gotten call from the doctor, I know it's not good. I went in there to find one of my family members of the church and they were holding their little eight-month-old baby that had turned blue and was dead. They looked at me and said, why, Pastor, why? I didn't go into some theological discourse. I didn't tell them some jargon of religion that would try to make them feel better. I looked right back in their eyes and told them, I don't know. And I sat in that ER room in the corner for three and a half hours with that family, never said a word, but they knew that I cared. I want to tell you that people don't, will, you, most people will never remember my message when you walk out of here, let alone six months from now. People won't know the greatest sermon that I ever preached, but they'll know when I've come in the time of need. They'll know that when I'm there in the time of hurt, in the time of pain. And I want to tell you today that the greatest message that you'll ever preach is not with words, but it'll be with showing your care one to another and saying, hey, I want to encourage you. I want to strengthen you. I want to help you in the time of your need. Second way that God heals, God heals through his presence. The world has all these masks that you can hide your hurt behind. You can hide behind the bottle and get a little bit of false hope for a little while. But whenever you come off of that drunk, your problem's still going to be the same. You may have been hurt and, and abused physically or sexually, and now you find yourself in pornography. Now you find yourself bound up because, you see, I, I've watched it and I've seen this. All of these things and this spirit of homosexuality is tied to a spirit of abuse. And people find themselves the thing that hurt them, the thing that they hate, they find themselves tied to. And now there is a false hope that is placed in it. Some folks are taking a pill for everything. You got to have a pill to go to sleep and a pill to get up. I don't care. I'm a pastor. You can sit there and look at me, but I know I got it right. Huh? Self-medicated. Pill for this and a pill for that. Pill to make it through the day. A pill to go to sleep. A pill to get up. And we are, we are bound 
by the Spirit trying to mask the hurt, trying to mask the pain. But I want to tell you today that God is greater than your pain. Amen. People hide behind the mask of perfectionism. I want to tell you perfection is a trap. You'll never be perfect. Neither will those around you be perfect. And as long as you abide in that and try to achieve that and try to get the opinions of people to like you and try to add up to somebody else what somebody else thinks you ought to be and it's not good enough, I want to tell you it'll never be good enough. You can never achieve perfect. Amen. You can have a spirit of excellence, which means you do it with the best of your ability and the talent and the gift that God has given you. But the spirit of, uh, to, comes against you to try to be perfect is a trap and you'll never make it. Never. We hide behind materialism. Our hurt and our pain. And we think if we get a house, we think if we get a car, we think if we get a better job. But I want to tell you, you can get at the biggest house that you can live in. Boy told me the other day he's building an 8,000 square foot house. I thought to myself, you can get up in that house and it'll still be full of hurt. You can get the nicest car there is on the market today and it will, you will still drive down the road with tears streaming down your face trying to wonder what in the world and how am I going to get victory in these situations. You see, because materialism will not bring help, it will only mask the hurt that is in your life. You can mask the hurt with all of these things, but none of them will bring healing. But David said in Psalm 71 and 14, I will always have hope. Why do I always have hope? Because God is my refuge and my strength and an ever-present help in the time of trouble. Because God said, I will never leave you nor forsake you, but I will be with you even to the ends of the earth. Amen. Because God told him, Jesus said, is uh, despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrow and acquainted with grief. But he hid it, as it were, his face from them. He was despised and esteemed not. Surely he has borne our grief and he has carried our sorrow. Yet we did not esteem him stricken by God and afflicted, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his stripes, we are healed. Hallelujah. He's not just talking about a physical healing, but he is talking about healing, whole healing, which is every aspect of your life. Amen. He didn't only come for to, to cure cancer. He didn't only come to heal infirmity and disease, but he came to heal your broken spirit. He came to heal that brokenness that is inside of you. The Bible said he was wounded for our transgressions. A wound is something that everyone sees. And they know that you've got it. They look at you and they see that you went through that divorce and they know why you're hurting. They know that you was in that car wreck and they know why you're walking with a limp. 
They know that you lost the job. And so these are things that people can see on the outside. It's a wound. Wounds leave scars. Amen. And that wound is on the outside. And if the balm of Gilead, if there isn't healing comes to it, and you keep fooling with that wound, it's going to stay festered. It's going to stay hurt. It's never going to heal. But you've got to put some balm on it. You've got to put some healing salve on it. You've got to put something on it that will cause it to begin to heal over on the outside. And God said that he was the balm of Gilead that brings healing and hope. And so he said, I'm going to heal your wounds. But then he goes on and says, not only am I going to heal your wound, but I am going to heal your bruise. Bruise is something that's underneath the surface. A bruise is something that no one can see. It's underneath the skin. It's a hurt that nobody knows about. It's that being abused when you was a child. And nobody knows it. It's that child that's on drugs. And you don't know how to deal with it. It's those things that are underneath the surface that cause you to act and respond the way that you act and respond and people can't figure you out. But it's because of the bruise that nobody knows about. When you're bruised somewhere and somebody touches it, our first response is we pull away. We jerk back because somebody put our, their finger on our bruise that they didn't know was there, but it's still hurting. I want to tell you it's the same way in the spirit. Whenever we have hurt bruises on the inside that nobody knows about and God begins to deal with and work with and somebody puts their finger on it, we pull away from that bruise. We pull away from family. We pull away from friends. We even pull away from God. Why? Because it's still hurting underneath the surface. When everything else fails, you can still trust that God cares about you. Whenever you're wounded, whenever you're bruised, whenever other people may not even know that there is a situation or a circumstance that you're dealing with, guess what? God knows. Amen. I said God really knows. He said that you have never been touched in, with any feeling or infirmity that I don't know about. He said, because I have felt it all, I know what it is to suffer. I know what it is to see my son die. I know what it is to be bruised and wounded because I carried that wound for you. I carried that bruise for you. And I know today what you're going through. And so he tells us today that he that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And I will say of the Lord, he is...
is my refuge, my fortress, and my God, and in him will I trust. Amen. I want to tell you that the pestilence can come, the fowler can come, but he said a thousand shall fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but they will not come nigh unto you. That's the strength in God. That's the hope that we have in him this morning. And you may be hurt, you may be wounded, you may be bruised, but there is hope in Jesus Christ to bring healing to your hurting soul. Why do I have hope in God? Because he is strength in my weakness. He's a refuge in the time of trouble. He's a shelter till the storms pass over. He's a hiding place when the enemy is raging. He's a rock that I can stand on. He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. He's a shield against the enemy's darts. He's a comfort in the time of sorrow. He's a savior in the time when I've been lost. He's a provider. He's a protector. He's my peace and he is my hope. He's a father to the fatherless and he is a healer of the hurting. And I'm glad today that I have hope in Jesus. Jesus Christ. Amen. For I am persuaded that neither life nor death nor angels, nor principalities, things present or things to come are able to separate me from the love of God. Amen? Why? Because I know today that neither height, nor death, nor angels, nor principalities, nothing is able to separate me from the love of my God. Amen? And so no matter what I go through, He is that secret place that I can run into and find help and find hope in the midst of my hurting. Hallelujah. I wish somebody to give him praise today. There's no secret in the secret place. I want them to come and help me today. And as they come, I want you to know that there is a shelter. There is a refuge. There is a place today that you can find hope. That you can find help. The question that we have today is, are we going to continue to wear the mask? Are we willing to take it off and come to God open like David did and say, God, I'm hurting need help. Maybe you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. I want to tell you, He is a real friend. And He really does care for you. And no matter what you may be going through in your life or where you're at today, you may religion may have told you that God doesn't care because of this, that, and the other. But I want to tell you, God's not afraid of ugliness. In fact, he go runs to places where there's hurt and there's ugliness and there's pain and there's brokenness. And you'll find him in the gutter right where you're at to pick you up and bring healing and hope into your life. I've come today to tell some people that don't know which way to go, where to turn, what to say. I want to remind you there's still hope in the presence of Jesus. 
Stand with me today, please. This is a safe place. Nobody's going to judge you. Nobody's going to talk about you. Nobody's going to say negative or anything else about you today. You're here in this place and you've got hurt in your life. You're broken. You say, Pastor Brian, I need to take the mask off. I'm ready to take the mask off and be real.